calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is of gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Welcome to another episode of Take 15 at the CFA Institute. My name is Greg Seals. I'm Director of Fixed Income and Behavioral Finance. And today we have the great pleasure of being joined by Dr. Roger Clark, who's Chairman of Analytic Investors. Welcome, Roger. Thank you, Greg. And we're going to talk today about a subject that you've done some research on, which is uh, low volatility equity portfolios. And we're at the uh, 2010 Financial Analyst Seminar here in Chicago. You just uh, presented today on alpha beta separation. So we're very interested to hear some more about, about your research into some other strategies and other um, techniques that, that people might be interested in, in looking into or using in the market. And so maybe you could start off by just talking about, you know, definitionally what is a low volatility equity portfolio and then uh, some of your research findings uh, and we can take it from sure. there. Probably the way to begin is uh, not at the portfolio level, but to begin at the individual security level. And we've been interested for uh, decades in what helps explain the difference in returns from one stock to another. And so the, the original development of the capital asset pricing model suggested that stocks with higher betas ought to have higher expected returns than stocks with lower betas. Uh, that's proved not to be empirically uh, very satisfactory over the years. And so into the literature has crept a notion that maybe size makes a difference. So smaller size stocks ought to perform a little differently. Uh, Value-oriented stocks ought to perform a little differently. Momentum, uh, strong positive momentum stocks ought to perform differently than strong, uh, than weak momentum stocks. And so if one tries to explain what makes a difference in the performance of stocks cross-sectionally, one of the things we discovered is that volatility measures help explain the difference in the way stocks behave. So if one ranks stocks on uh, high beta and low beta, or if one ranks stocks on... um, high volatility versus low volatility, that seems to help explain the difference in returns at a particular point in time between stocks. But what's interesting, uh, as you take a look at that over time, is that the there seems to be a positive payoff to small size, a positive payoff to value, a positive payoff to uh, positive momentum, but little if no payoff, and in some cases even negative payoff to volatility, which runs counter to our notion of higher returns for higher risk. And so that's a phenomenon that seems to hold in the United States, but it also holds outside the United States. It's a very interesting phenomenon that buying stocks that have higher volatility on average does not seem to give you higher returns. 
Now, the portfolio manifestation of that is if you build portfolios of stocks that have lower volatility, you generally get about the same return as the broad market. So you're in the equity risk premium, but at probably 20 to 30 percent less volatility. So it's a very interesting application for uh, portfolio managers where you might be able to put a low volatility portfolio together, whether it's just a collection of low volatility stocks or you actually optimize, say, a minimum variance portfolio, like trying to find the portfolio on the nose of the bullet of the efficient frontier. Those portfolios have very interesting characteristics. They tend to have lower volatility, but no measurable sacrifice in return relative to the broad market. That is fascinating. Now, can you talk a little bit more about some of the some of the ways this could be implemented? You mentioned a, a portfolio that has you know less um, less volatility, having the same return. Are there other flavors that you've looked at in terms of the applications of this? People have done a couple of kinds of things. One is, uh, as I mentioned, just to construct a low volatility portfolio so that the average return is roughly the same as the market uh, uh, over time, but with lower volatility. Other people have said, well, if I want the same volatility as the market, maybe I should just leverage up the low volatility portfolio, give it a little bit more uh, exposure in terms of volatility and leverage it up and I'll get a higher return than the market at the same volatility. So we've seen people do both of those kinds of things. Um, One of the applications that uh, is interesting, particularly in the pension community, is that uh, people are sensitive to the volatility of the assets relative to the liabilities. What if you could get the same average return and uh, on the market and earn the market risk premium, but 25 to 30 percent less volatility. That would lead to lower surplus volatility, less volatility in the contributions that have to be made. Uh, you shouldn't have quite the extreme of underfunded uh, uh, levels in the portfolio. So we're starting to see some interest in using these low volatility strategies, particularly in the pension community. Can you talk about, I noticed you mentioned, um, you know, on average they have uh, lower volatility. Can you talk a little bit about the time frame of your study or the time frame that these things can perhaps deviate from the average so that people can sort of think about some of the um, risk periods perhaps? This is not a free lunch um, in terms of these low volatility portfolios. The average characteristics are such that you can earn the market risk premium We've studied the phenomenon since actually the the uh, from the depression years on focused a lot in the most recent years, say from 1965 on to the present. And what's clear is that even though the return on average is about the same as the market, and in some cases a little better depending on the time frame, the path by which one earns that average return is different. These portfolios tend to have high tracking error relative to the market index itself. So the low volatility portfolios will tend to underperform when the market surges ahead. They'll tend to outperform in down to flat markets. So even though one would earn the same average return, the path by which one earns that uh, is different. 
from the market itself. That's a, an important caveat for anybody wanting to use this kind of technique because if they get discouraged and not recognize that when the market is really up big, they'll have a tendency to underperform, they may get discouraged. So if one were to use this, the educational understanding of the characteristics of this phenomenon is, is really important. Great. Well, thanks so much for your time today and your thoughts on this interesting subject. You're welcome, Greg. Thanks for being with us for another episode of Take 15 at the CFA Institute. Copyright 2010, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.